Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Greg Berger, and you are listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. Robots in disguise, the Transformers. More than meets the eye, the Transformers. Many millions of years ago, on the planet Cybertron, life existed. But not life as we know it today. Intelligent robots that could think and feel inhabited the cities. They were called Autobots and Decepticons. But the brutal Decepticons were driven by a single goal. Total domination. They set out to destroy the peace-loving Autobots. And a war between the forces of good and evil raged across Cybertron. Hello and welcome to the TFG1 podcast. It is the year 2012 and we are semi-back. More details on that later. Uh, But yes, this is the second voice actor interview for the TFG1 podcast. Uh, Michael and I talked with Dan Gilvezan last time. And this time we are talking to none other than Mr. Greg Berger. Yeah, I'm really excited. For this, because uh, I've met Greg Berger a couple of times uh, at conventions and such, but I've never really had a chance to sit down and have a lengthy conversation with him. So this will yeah. be very cool. Oh yes, very much so. And we're going to get right to it. It is the year 2005. The treacherous Decepticons have conquered the Autobots' home planet of Cybertron. <laughs> From secret staging grounds on two of Cybertron's moons, the valiant Autobots prepare to retake their homeland. Their defenses are broken! Let the slaughter begin! Dinobots, destroy Devastator! Me, Grimlock, love challenge! Dinobots transform! Hello and welcome to the TFG1 podcast. I am one of your hosts, TFG1 Mike, and joining me is Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. 
And in the latest TFG1 podcast interview, we welcome the voice of Ripcord, Skyfire, Long Haul, Ripto, Hunter, 30 years of voicing Odie, and of course, Grimlock, as long with everything else he's done, Mr. Greg Berger. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having. I only go where I'm invited. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> I tried going where I wasn't invited, and it didn't work out well at all. <laughs> yeah, no sneaking into places. Exactly. <laughs> I honestly had no clue. Like, I knew you were the, the voice of Odie or the, the barking of Odie. You know, when I tell people, oh, voice of Odie, and they're like, what voice? I'm like, well, the dog barks. He's making vocal sounds. <laughs> So, but I had no idea that you had, you have been Odie for 30 years. Uh, I was part of the original auditions for uh, everything from Garfield on. I, I got on so well with Jim Davis and everybody else. He told me years later that uh, when I left the room, he said, I don't know what he's going to do on the show, but I want him, uh, I want him around. And uh, so obviously I'm incredibly flattered by that but yeah i've been in since the first special special and now i just squeaked the mouse on the new show and harry the alley cat and herman the mailman so i'm uh, i'm a good portion of the township cool huh. so before we really get started since i had done fangasm about Odie there for a second before we get started uh can you give us the scoop on what's going on in the world of greg berger now any upcoming projects that you would like to reveal or that you're actually allowed to reveal well uh, allowed to reveal is really the key uh for so many of us now there's there's non-disclosure on so many projects that are in the works understandably so but uh i've been given the go-ahead on on uh, transformers fall of cybertron uh, I am in as Grimlock. I'm very proud of the work. I'm very proud of the entire undertaking. And uh, we've just started season four of the Garfield show. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm crazy busy. And uh, the Garfield show puts me back mic to mic with Frank Welker every week. So uh, life is good. Life, life has been good, stays good, and uh, hopefully continues good. Awesome. So kind of getting into your background, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm from the middle of the middle, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. In fact, Dan Gilvezan and I wound up in college together in a theater conservatory in the Midwest. Oh, uh, wow. Webster College, now Webster University. And uh, we, we, uh, we found ourselves on stage quite a bit together. And it's amazing to keep tabs kind of through a lifetime with parallel sort of careers. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, I really think it was kind of an Archie and Veronica kind of way to grow up and be a kid when I was a kid and a teenager when I was a teenager and just sort of take careful notes on the world and all of the characters that make up the world. So, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for that, too. Um, I, I followed sort of a theater course path and... Uh, I I was always uh, character-wise kind of fascinated by the vo the voice first and foremost. Um, I'm a I'm a people watcher from way back, and and always got kind of my greatest uh, kind of interest in uh, in uh, all of the characters that frequent the world. Awesome. It's more fun to play the villainous ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> get to act all over the place 
Exactly. <laughs> Leave it on the scenery. That's right. Yeah, the villains always get the best lines. They really do. <laughs> so did you always want to be an actor or a voice actor? I kind of, uh, I, I didn't know where I was headed or what I was doing, in fact. Uh, and when I went off to school uh, in New York State, I went to Colgate University, and I was an English major, and I had a pal, a very close pal then and now, uh, who was uh, part of the theater wing, and uh, there was a play they were having difficulty casting. He kind of dragged me along because he knew I enjoyed uh, doing dialects and voices and stuff. And uh, I auditioned, and the uh, the head of the theater uh, department asked me what I was doing in the English department, and I said I, I didn't rightly know. Uh, he said, continue your interest, but he said, you're the kind of person we love to have around. So uh, I pursued uh, I. I pursued it starting my freshman end of my freshman year of college. I really had no inkling, but uh, honestly, it still feels fresh and new. Awesome. Yeah. So how did you break into the business? Um, like, how did you, you know, come up and how did you get discovered in voice acting? Well, uh, there's a bunch of of things that, that all were partially responsible uh one i was doing theater in uh, in st louis with uh, the repertory company of st louis which was through the same university same college that i had gone to uh and i i just figured that one of my interests was voice and that people were hiring people for commercials in that town there were advertising agencies and i kind of crafted the most ridiculously inane voice demo you can imagine and i took it around i credit a lot of my success and anybody's success with a combination of of optimistic naivete and and just kind of uh a good fortune that comes from hard work uh i took it around to agencies and a guy called me and uh, he said, when I heard your demo, I knew I had to meet you. So I went and, and met with him. He said, that's the worst voice demo I've ever heard. Don't ever let anyone else hear that. He said, but you, <laughs> but you have a very interesting voice, and uh, I may be able to be of some help to you in doing this the right way instead of the wrong way. And, in fact, he did. He He's one of my heroes. Uh, and that got me some radio work in St. Louis. Uh, and I... I, I guess I've never been comfortable staying in one place forever. So uh, I ventured forth and met with some agents in Chicago, got represented in Chicago, did work in Chicago, felt comfortable enough with that uh, that I took. I, I, I acted in a tour that headed for California. While I was here, I continued spending every day off pounding pavement and trying to meet people. And, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that to get what you want, you got to wake up earlier and stay up later and knock on more doors than everybody else. And uh, every once in a while, somebody answers the door and says, come on in. And uh, honest to goodness, that, that uh, that's kind of the path I took. Awesome. Very nice. cool. That's that's probably one of the more interesting answers to that question that we've gotten. We've gotten a lot of interesting answers. Like David Kay said, oh, well, I, you know, instead of getting in trouble for voices, I get paid for them now. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Welker well, I, I always find... used to say, well, it was this or college. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting that you did all this in the Midwest 
as opposed to, you know, growing up in L.A. or, or you I know, even, it seems to me that a lot of the voice actors are, are either in L.A. or they gravitate to L.A. I gravitated to L.A., but I, I had I had a comfort zone in in uh, the Midwest cities that I had been in. In fact, I got my my SAG card in doing industrial films in St. Louis and Kansas City. There was one of, if you stick around and you ask enough questions and you find out who's doing what, they were actually doing kind of training films for corporations and things, but it was all under a Screen Actors Guild contract and I was able to put together enough credits to to join while I was there. Plus there was, in those days, uh, a number of theaters that were working. So I, I, I've always considered myself a juggler and I figure the more things that you have in the air at any one moment, the more likely you are to be able to catch one. So, uh, I mean, and I, frankly, I still do that. I do it with promos and narrations and, and radio spots and animation and video games and teaching and writing. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I'm not someone who has ever been comfortable sitting around waiting for the phone to ring because I think a lot of the people who wait for the phone to ring and look for them uh, spend most of their lives waiting, and I, I'm just not comfortable with that. I'd rather be doing than waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and it kind of it doesn't matter what it is you're doing. It just sort of right. keeps your juices flowing, and you, and you feel like you're on the active list instead of the waiting list. Oh, yeah, most definitely, because it was, you know, it's like, you know, put as much work into what you're doing versus waiting for something to happen. Correct. You know, and that's and that's just the the better way to approach life. Um, uh, that that coupled with what I said was kind of an optimistic naivete. You just you just yeah. keep uh, keep trying to be in the right place when something good is trying to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing at my title for the next question. The, t- the title for the question. This isn't the actual question, but the, the header here. Being Are we playing one- Jeopardy? No, no, no. <laughs> Our final Jeopardy question. Answer. Oh, no, no. Question. <laughs> no. Title. <laughs> Being the one dog Frank Welker is not. <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> you've been as as I said before, you've been Odie for the past thirty years. You've worked with both Lorenzo Music and Frank Welker as Garfield. Tell us about those experiences. Uh two of my uh two of my best, closest, uh most talented friends. Uh and when I teach, I talk about Lorenzo Music saying uh, you know, everybody says, don't even think about animation unless you've got 30 voices or 50 voices or whatever it is. Uh, I say you only need one, but it better be a really, really, really great one. Uh, Lorenzo is and was and remains the one and only, you know, that that was a voice uh, that that uh, the whole world responded to. Frank has given it his own turn and his own spin, and and uh, it, it's a whole new character with complete reverence for everything that came before. But uh, you know, to have the the privilege and pleasure of working with both of them is kind of dream stuff. And uh, I can't talk about the Garfield show or Garfield and Friends without talking about Jim Davis, without talking about Mark Evanier. Uh, without talking about all of the people involved, it's the most, it's the most get along, get it done family, uh, and and uh, it's one of the few, uh, becoming fewer shows that that insists on being done ensemble style with complete 
knowledge and confidence that that uh, you know the best work is always collaborative and and uh, it, it's it's so much fun to be in that booth. It really truly is, and always has been since since the first special. And my God, the longevity of those characters and those stories and and uh, that uh, that little neighborhood is is phenomenal and fantastic. Well, I can I can kind of hear it in your voice. You were also Orson, weren't you, in Garfield and Friends? Well, maybe. Wade, you're <laughs> afraid of everything made. I've never seen anything like it. You're afraid of the water, afraid of the dark, afraid of the nighttime too. The sun and the shade. I'm really afraid. Wade, what'll we do with you? Yes, I was. Oh. Was am. Animation is kind of uh, eternal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is so awesome. Nice. Yeah, I, lo- I, 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 I love the new show, especially that uh, Jason Marsden is normal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's having a very good so time. So awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I just think uh, uh, it continues to be a great sandbox to be able to play in. Yeah, it is. Very cool. So, transitioning over to your time in uh, G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about your time on the show as Cutter, Ripcord, and Firefly. And uh, well, was this similar to the ensemble cast uh, on uh, Transformers? Yes, you've you've managed to leave out Spirit, who was one of my favorites, with his eagle freedom and his ongoing battle against Storm Shadow. Uh, I did Spirit, I did Cutter, I was always off to the island of no return. Uh, Ripcord only wanted to jump out of planes, and Firefly just wanted to blow up stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was kind of the new kid on both Transformers and G.I. Joe, and... Uh, uh, I, I needed an air traffic controller. I was so busy in those days. There were so many episodes, and it was all happening at the same time. And I had been seen on stage. Uh, um, actually, I, I knew Wally Burr, the director, who whose praises I sing as well. I mean, it. without trying to be goody-goody, I have so many people in in whose debt I am and, and who I'm just awed by their abilities. Wally had this gift of of just absorbing a storyboard and really demanding performances even though sometimes it was extremely time consuming but demanding performances that that uh, obviously have lasted for decades so you know he guessed right and he pumped up those universes both transformers and gi joe which i kind of think of interchangeably because i was so busy jumping from one to the other but um you know, th- th- there was phenomenal talent in the booth, and I, I, I hadn't been doing it uh, animation that long, so I just kind of sat and uh, and was in awe of the people I was working with. And I'm not undervaluing my contribution. You know, it was a red hot game of jump rope, and I had to jump in and not not trip and bring bring the my best game to every session. Um, but but my God, what a what a fantastic place to uh to play and uh, and learn at the same time for me 
Nice. They were they, they were golden golden days, and uh, sometimes there would be very long writers' uh, breaks where they would work on script or or factor something new in. So um, we, it, it's it's astonishing how many people from those days and those two shows are still working and still holding their own and still, uh, for the most part, busy. And and again, I think it speaks to like really careful casting. And uh, they, they were putting together a ball team and they put together a r- really winning seasons on both of those shows. But G.I. Joe, uh, Wally managed to pump up from the other side of the glass everything to these sort of epic battles and, and Transformers, the same thing, only the battles were galactic. But it was all the marbles every time, really vocally demanding, but but you wanted so much for it to be good and be right and be everything that uh, that they envisioned that everybody just sort of dove in and gave it their all every time. Nice. <coughs> so my favorite G.I. Joe figure as a kid was Firefly because he looked Good. like a gray ninja. <laughs> uh, which one was yours? Uh, well, you, I mean, uh, it was it was like I said, it's it's really fun to be the bad guys and it's fun to be the good guys. Uh, I would say if I had to pick and I hate picking because uh, I, 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 I really, uh, there's things I, I love about every character, but I just think the nobility of spirit and the ongoing battle with Storm Shadow and, and kind of the moral overtones of, of good and the dark side and, and all that stuff, it really appeals to me. Uh, but it was also fun to blow stuff up. <laughs> and honestly, that voice... It's like ingrained in my brain because it was my favorite character. And when he was on the show, it was like, oh, this is awesome. Well, yeah. now, all, all the original G.I. Joe episodes and uh, Transformer episodes are airing on the hub. And also my uh, Men in Black, I, I, I was Agent K in the animated Men in Black, and those are all airing on the hub as well. Shoot ah, him, I J- didn't know that. Shoot him, Jesus, Rebro Fact, Lloyd, their brains are in their bottoms, you know where to aim. <laughs> that's awesome men in black four forget tommy lee jones <laughs> right, when tommy lee retires we're bringing greg in to fill his shoes <laughs> i thought i was i thought those animated episodes were were phenomenal storylines as well and really interesting and hard to resolve in the course of a half hour i think a lot of them could have been fleshed out into longer form stories that's how good they were yeah, that was a really well-written series. Yep. I really liked that one. I didn't know that was you, though. Wow. Uh, they brought me in season two and on. Nice. Okay, cool. Very cool. So you have all the figures of the characters that you've played, right? Well, I, I, uh, I'm I gifted with a fair amount of them. I, I have the ones that I've been given. I wouldn't say I'm a rabid collector, but I, I really treasure the ones I have, and I've had sort of a secondary life uh, going to conventions around the world and, uh, you know, meeting meeting people face to face who who uh, have been incredibly loyal uh, it, through fandom. Uh, and it's 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 great to meet people one on one. It's great to do Q&A's. It's great to stay in touch. Uh, it's great to know how how receptive uh a lot of the uh, producers have been to to fan demand. The fans are uh, unbelievable, 
and and social networking and the online community and the fact of people who keep alive those things that they loved growing up and and uh, continue to be to be fans of. I've had people introduce me to their kids. I had a guy introduce me and say. Uh, when Transformers was on in the morning, this guy's the reason I was late for school every day. And when they were on in the afternoon, this guy's the reason I missed my my last class in the afternoon. <laughs> that's nice. That's so, yeah, it's cool. It's all, all cool. It's 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 great. Now, do you have, you know, one figure per every character you have you've done, or do you just have certain ones? I have. Uh, Odds and ends. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a collector. I'm kind of busy doing it. Uh, right, right. But but uh, but I've I've uh, held on to. I had I had uh, a Grimlock that I that I uh, ripped back. I would say my eye hand coordination is not good for transformable characters. I'm one of those guys that rips all the limbs off trying to trying to <laughs> trying to make it transform. <laughs> Please tell me in you fact, did not it, rip it, Grimlock's tail off. Well, I didn't, I, but but uh, I stopped just short. If it fell to me to play all the games that I voice, uh, I, I, I'd rather watch people play who know what they're doing. Right, yeah. Uh, all right, so the also, main reason... If it ever falls to me to reinvent electricity, we're all going to sleep early every night. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I can talk. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so the main reason we are here because the, the, this podcast is it's a Transformers review podcast where we, myself, Michael, and our other friend Steve, uh, this was my first podcast that I started, and I went to review all ninety-eight episodes of of the G One series. So that's what we're here for. Very cool. Uh, did you audition for any other roles besides Grimlock, Longhole, and Skyfire? Uh, Outback. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Outback. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was Outback as well. Um, uh, I auditioned, I think, for everything I ever did. There were occasional, really peripheral characters per episode that mm -hmm. Wally would just sort of uh, have have little uh, audition offs for in the booth. But uh, I don't think anything was 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 a given or a giveaway. I think everything was earned. Uh, by everybody, and uh, like I said, Wally Wally was just like the height of of integrity, and and if he was putting his name on it, he was going to make everything the best it could be. I I uh, I will put that uh, animated feature way up uh, on character delineation and characters that you can care about, and uh, you know I, I I just think they were very character driven stories and story driven characters uh and i think that's if if you if you're trying to analyze and figure out why it had the has the longevity it has i think that's probably the why you know and then there's some factor that nobody can account for which is just that people loved it and held it close and and it meant something to them and uh you know so bravo for that yeah yeah nice so, speaking of Wally and, and Grimlock, uh, how did you uh, settle on... Leader! <laughs> nice. How did you settle on such a deep voice for Grimlock? And what was the process there of creating that voice? I think, uh, like I do with everything that I do, I, I really consider it all kind of a detective story, and you look for as many clues as you can get. And uh, most of what... Uh, I went with was increased aggression and increased uh, muscular uh, 
drive and decreased, uh, not not diminished, but but uh, but sort of small brain, big muscle, and uh, just that hinging of the jaws. And in the early episodes, I actually sort of restricted my jaw. So once it was coming from there, and I knew I was going to give myself a tonsillectomy every time we did a session. <laughs> the rest kind of took care of itself. And I, I, I just, uh, at some point, you throw yourself into the character and open your mouth and see what happens. But I, I always wanted uh, aggression to to uh, be out front, and I wanted uh, that that uh, powerful jaw muscle to be uh, to be hearable at all times. Uh, you know that I was gifted with a lot of stuff, and and just as an actor, your goal is always to sort of figure out something consistent that you can hold on to, and. Any voice actor who's lucky enough to have a character that sustains for that long, you're kind of obliged to just open the script every week and figure out where that uh, where that journey is going for you, the character. And obviously, they took me in a lot of different directions, and I tried to stay honest to all of them. Huh. Well, Frank Welker had a throat-ripping character voice, but uh, I think Grimlock came a close second. That, that, that hurt a lot, right? Um... You know what? It's just like going to the gym and uh, you work your way up to the heavyweights and you try. I, there are a lot of people, I think, who try to be protective of their voices. I'm kind of more of the opinion that once you understand that muscle, uh, you, you, you really get better results if you just throw yourself in all the way and assume that uh, you'll have some kind of innate protective mechanism yeah you know i i i i was i was gonna leave it all in the studio every time and if that meant uh you know lozenges and everything afterwards so be it i I just wanted it to have the life that uh that thankfully it's it's had and has and continues to have Mm -hmm. but i think i became a better actor and a stronger voice person and a stronger everything just having to find it every time uh for for what I was doing, but yeah, it was it was a tonsil blower and a throat ripper, and and I would uh, I would always look at the glass between us and the producers and writers and say, are those my tonsils? Uh, <laughs> well, with you know you know stickler for for work and twelve hour sessions in those days, yeah, I could see why it would be a throat ripper and a tonsil blower. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but you know what? It beats heavy lifting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so which is your favorite version of Grimlock? In season two where he was a badass or in season three where he was more silly? Me Grimlock kick butt. White boy hit my nose. Um, I, I obviously, uh, I, I, found, I found where it needed to go season three. We all found it together, but I, I, I love but right. Grimlock, I love, I love uh, the sort of uh, uh, looking over his shoulder at Optimus and thinking it could be uh, maybe done a different way. And I, I just, I, I think there was all kinds of stuff built into that that uh, batter ass side uh, that that just spoke to me. But but uh, like I said, I I go along for the ride. You know, I I buy my ticket like everybody else and. Wherever it goes, my job is to, to make it go there honestly. Awesome. Very nice. So it was more of just toning down the aggression or pretty much the same voice? Well, yeah. 
yes and and uh uh just letting it letting it be driven situationally and uh and and trying to make it uh stay true uh including being gifted with a new brain and then opting to pass it on but whatever's in the pages is is kind of the gift that you're handed and then it's it's your obligation to to make it gospel and and uh, and give it whatever it needs to get there but there's also a whole host of people on the other side of the glass who are who are making decisions to make it fit the storyboard at the same time so you know you just uh, you you go back and forth till everybody's happy and that's when it's done see greg brings it every time <laughs> so, so uh, i wanted to ask you about uh, simon Furman. now simon mm-hmm tends to include a lot of Grimlock in his writing. It's almost like a running gag in our podcast here. We always talk about Grimlock and Simon almost simultaneously. Uh, have you ever met Simon, and did he gush like a fanboy? We uh, we have had the good fortune of meeting at conventions all the way from here to the U.K., and uh, every time we we became- hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Came fast friends like right away. We met at a BotCon. I believe it was in Chicago and it was at least 10 years ago. And we stay in touch. Uh, we're really uh, very kind of compatible as people. And, and uh, he's the one who brought to my attention how much Grimlock history I wasn't aware of in my involvement with the animated series. But uh, back to uh, a lot of the book comic and a lot of uh, uh, actually intelligent, more intelligent Grimlock and and still strong. Yes, he has he has an immense fondness for it. He's he's very, very, very complimentary of of where I took it. And uh, at a couple of conventions, uh, he's actually written scripts that that sort of take liberties with it. but uh, but I've been able to do Furman scripts at at conventions, a lot of conventions at this point. Uh, but we always look forward to seeing each other. And he he's he's another of these people with incredible integrity, great sense of humor, really bright, really funny, and really fun. Yes, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, and I think it's mutual. Uh, so, as are we. Yeah, we we really yeah. dig him. But the. Uh... You can see, like in Fall of Cybertron, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit, but you can see where that came from, you know, his earlier stuff that was published in the comic book form. Yeah, I think it's all coming around, and it's all becoming becoming a uh, uh, sort of uh, I don't know homogenous. It, 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 it's uh, there's 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 a real sense of continuity in play here. So we've all heard the Wally Burr session stories, but uh, is there a story that you can tell us that we maybe haven't heard yet? Wow, I don't know. I can tell you, uh, 
I can tell you my favorite days were when Scatman Carruthers would bring his ukulele along and kind of hold court in the parking lot. And I think we got to know each other, the acting company, as 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 people because there were so many sort of breaks where they had to go over script revisions or relook at a scene or uh, just sort of figure out what they what they were up to and needed in that session. So we spent we all spent a lot of time together. Uh, out in the parking lot or in the in the green room or wherever we were and so that made for for just a lot of getting to know each other time and and uh, that was phenomenal uh let's see well i, uh, I, think, I think a lot have... of people tell the uh the feedback story we've heard that before about frank doing the feedback and the sound engineer not knowing where it was coming from frank frank can basically if he's in a silly enough mood make the entire studio start arcing and make uh, make sound engineers dive under the board and dive into the patchwork he also he also if he got bored would uh, would start making pay phone calls to himself in the corner of the room uh doing both sides of the conversation and the coins falling and the uh the call connecting and uh, uh, on at least one occasion, we heard we heard a little air leak in the room and uh, went on for uh, sort of an interminable amount of time. And then uh, ultimately, Frank put his finger up to his head and plugged the leak and, and the air leak stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, right, I, w- I want to go back to something a minute ago. You mentioned... Um... You know, regular Grimlock versus Grimlock having a brain. How did you go from the 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 Grimlock we all know and love to not that we don't dislike Grimlock having a brain, but how did how walk us through that voice transition of the regular Grimlock to the one the voice that has the brain? That, I'm not I'm not sure I can walk you through it because I'm not sure. Uh, like I was saying earlier, that that you can really analyze anything mm-hmm. other than sort of uh, turning the page when you're first reading a script and seeing, oh, I got to go there, huh? Okay, uh, let's see how we're going to do that. And uh, just kind of trying to create a transition uh, from a more powerful, more aggressive to a more thoughtful and more... Uh, uh, yeah intelligent uh, you just yeah. do it you just you just give yourself to it and uh you know there are parts of this that are teachable and parts of it that are not teachable and not learnable and that's just sort of that uh that leap of faith that you make uh in hopes that that uh you're gonna guess right uh, that's that's more true in video gaming voicing than anything else because as a rule you're in a booth all by yourself you're kind of act, acting in a vacuum and and uh it's it's the director and the people on the other side of the glass who are kind of spoon feeding you uh the scene and the emotional level and who you're talking to and how it goes but you're really having a conversation by yourself and i'm i'm not trying to change the subject but but a lot of this is just sort of uh, an actor's trust in themselves and just sort of jumping there and knowing that they'll correct you if it's not ringing true and that you'll move on if it is ringing true. So yeah. I, I, I just take I just take the 
the script that I'm given as the place that I have to get to. That's that's my job. Uh, and if I if I mess it up, I'll be made aware of that. And if I do it right, somebody will pat me on the head and give me a gold star and pat me on the back and off we go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, video games, you know, and even, even, even before, uh, fall of Cybertron, you've been doing Grimlock for different things. Like you did it for a, a botcon promo for this year. Mm. Um, but specifically to fall of Cybertron, what was it like coming back and like doing Grimlock again, seeing him in a video game versus the animation? Well, I, I, I gotta say, uh, I, I think it's, uh, if it's not one of my proudest moments, it's it's my absolute proudest moment. This is this is nuts, and this is fantastic. And a lot of this, uh, even according to to uh, Hasbro and Activision, was was fan demand and and uh, keeping hope alive. And and uh, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, I I will say I dove in and and had had a fun, fantastic time. F-A-N-tastic time, <laughs> and uh, I, I really feel uh, the importance of, of uh, all of the stuff I've been allowed to do, and uh, now we're in the realm of, of things I'm allowed to talk about and not allowed to talk about. I'm, I'm at liberty to talk about my involvement and my pride and uh, uh, the awesomeness of the whole experience, but not, not specifics, because... Uh, well, we already know Get, from getting ready to launch stuff like that online. We already know that Grimlock will have fire breath. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, fire breathing Tyrannosaurus Rex on Cybertron. That's just amazing. It's it's all so cool and so exciting. <laughs> space dinosaur. Oh wait, no, Mac Teeker always says space T Rex. <laughs> space T. He's a space T Rex. How cool is that? Uh, it's pretty friggin' cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as we saw the E3 footage, uh, the E3 footage actually included the voice, and uh -huh. I said, "That's got to be that's got to be Greg Berger." Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm on I'm on cloud nine. Uh, nice. It, it's a it's a Cybertronian phenomenon, and it's great. Cool. Uh, speaking of Matt, uh, Matt Teeger has said that Hasbro was going to abandon the Dinobots in their new consolidated Transformers mythology. Uh, and to hear Matt tell it, you know, he, it sounds like he kind of takes credit for saving the Dinobots, and Grimlock in particular, by writing a believable reason for the dinosaurs to be on Cybertron four million years ago. Uh huh. So what, what's your take on this? What do you think about that? It, it's outside my realm. I, I, I arrived in the mix after all of that had been done. I know that they, that, uh, Aaron Archer from Hasbro and Matt, and I know, I know that everybody was putting their heads together and, and, uh, trying to make this, uh, not trying, but allowing it uh, to all work believably and all work uh, realistically in in the in the storyline. So um, that all predates me, but I'm I'm the beneficiary of of everything that they put their heads together and and uh, came up with, and and I think it's going to play like a dream. Uh, I can't wait to play it. Uh, actually, I only play games on the PC. I don't have a console at home, so I was really excited. Uh, when Matt announced 
uh, I think via the Facebook page, that uh-huh. they were going to create the PC version after all. Again, that that's outside my realm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about platforms or anything. Uh, but uh, if that's the news, that's great news. Yeah, no, I can't wait to play it. It should be exciting. So transitioning again, uh, uh, are there any crazy off-the-wall, behind-the-scenes moments you can tell us about the uh, – Voice sessions for Fall of Cybertron. Uh, I I was uh, I was alone uh, in the okay. sessions that I did. So, like most video game interactive gaming situations, uh, it just it's it's a really intimate relationship between both sides of the studio glass because they kind of have to fill in all of the blanks. So it it's it's. It's an exercise in kind of closing your eyes and and really getting the feel of where you are and the size of where you are. And obviously, this is an all the marbles, epic, epic, epic battle. And um, so so it was between uh, between me and the microphone for the most part. And I can't tell you uh, crazy stories about it other other than uh, other than it 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 was. It was urgent and it was important and it was all the marbles and it was it was totally fulfilling to me and I wanted to uh, make this everything it could be. I can't tell you I didn't take it personally. I took it totally personally. Uh, this this was uh, this was a crowning gig for me. I, I, I literally crowning. <laughs> <laughs> King. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, anyway, it would be really nice to see you do more Grimlock stuff in the future. Well, uh, here, here. Cross the fingers. Yeah. So, talking. Uh, let's talk about other voice actors. Uh, who are some of the other voice actors that influenced you? Uh, Dawes Butler. I, I mean, a lot of the classic voices are what influenced me. Uh, Dawes Butler and Mel Blanc and June Foray and. Uh, uh, more recently, Peter Cullen and John DiMaggio and uh, Dan Castellaneta. I mean, all all people who I work with and work with fairly regularly. Um, but I, I can't even tell you how phenomenal it is to just share waiting rooms and table reads and and everybody's got got a, a, a goofy, funny bone. And, uh, you know, when all else fails, we go back to the script. But usually in ensemble reads and ensemble get-togethers, we're, we're just allowed to kick it around until it's time to work. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all readers, so uh, tend to be mm-hmm. kind of better read, or I guess. Uh, the jokes are dirtier, and, and uh, it, it just, it's just everybody. I think, I think because the voice has such a thumbprint to it uh, that, that everybody... <clears throat> in the working tier kind of knows it could be anybody anytime and you're all taking your best shot you can't take somebody else's best shot either i'm still that naive or it's just not competitive in the same way cuz everybody's reached this this uh uh level of of being accepted in the community and uh you know, at some point, everybody got off the bus. You had to convince everybody every time, and to a certain degree, you still do. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a it's a pretty uh, copacetic community of people. I think we're all kind of 
always glad to see each other. And uh, it just seems like everybody wishes each other the best going in. And whoever gets it is not necessarily at the expense of somebody else's talent. It's just whoever's most right for whatever's being done that day. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that those ensemble get-togethers should be like a pay-per-view event. We should all get to watch these. You know, we just lost Ray Bradbury, and, and may he mm. rest in peace, but uh, there was an interview with him where he said, uh, he said, people always say, when are you going to retire? And he always answered, he said, he said, everything I do is, is fun for me. Why would I retire from having fun? Uh, you know, if you love what you're doing, there, there's real, there's no real sense of, of needing to retire from it. It's, it's what you do. It's who you are. And when I teach, which I do kind of irregularly, uh, I basically say the same thing. If, if, if you're not bringing all of who you are to what you're doing, then, then you're cheating the audience and you're cheating yourself, you know? It's, it's a big deal to be allowed to do what it is you love doing. And it's a big deal to be allowed to play, to, to be paid to play. Uh, yeah. and, and you shouldn't take it for granted. And you should uh, celebrate every time. I'm still, you know, Cinderella going to the ball every time somebody picks me, somebody, somebody plugs me into something. And, uh, you know... It's uh, there's a there's a quote that says the harder I work, the luckier I get. So, you you know, you can say uh, you can say you've been fortunate, but it, it also should mean that 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 you put in the work. You get out of it what you put back into it. You know, exactly. you you made me uh, think about something. You had mentioned a couple of times that you teach and I wasn't aware of this. What, what can you tell us about how how could I be in a Greg Berger class? There's a well, good question. It's it's. Uh, I was working through a place called Talk Shop LA and giving uh, classes. I, at the moment, I'm trying to compress it into a more travelable um, format so that I could I could take it to some other cities and stuff uh, and do it in a, in a more compact presentation. But uh, the hard part is, and when I start my well, actually, when I start my class, I say. Uh, do everything you do today as though someone decades from today might still remember it because I'm here to tell you uh, that, that that's exactly how, how it has gone for me. And I talk about Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, but but uh, the other thing is I can't get anyone a job. I can't get anyone an agent. I can't further anyone's career. That's the part they have to do when they leave. What I do when I teach is basically, you know, set it up like, like uh gold's gym and just i i can promise students that they'll leave stronger because we'll look for what their strengths are and we'll exercise those and we'll we'll try and and expand parameters and people that don't know their versatility you know every every situation and every breakdown that you see in an animated uh series uh gives you gives you clues if you if you're really true to that mix of elements plus uh, whatever the artist supplies you, of course you're going to come up with something new because all of the elements that you're supposed to be mixing around are new. So, uh, you know, even if it may be similar to something you've done before, it won't be the same because no two characters are the same. Uh, anyway, right. that's kind of the way we, we approach it. But I'm, I'm hoping to begin taking it uh, on the road and, and uh, trying to light some fires under people in, in other cities. You know, okay. And if it, if it lights a fire, 
hey, go for it and don't let anybody stop you. But if if someone can stop you, let them. Maybe maybe it's not strong enough. Your your strength and your belief in yourself will be tested uh, every day. Uh, and if if you're not willing to uh, to be the answer to people's problems and bring something to the party that's not already at it, then maybe maybe you shouldn't go on. And if you are and no one can convince you that you're not, maybe you're the guy or girl who should go for it, you know? Nice. See, I can see you selling out some auditoriums on like a, a university roadshow type of situation. Uh, that and, uh, and my warm-up band. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we talked to uh, Bob Skier, who uh-huh. uh, did a bunch of writing for uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh-huh. And he teaches at uh, I want to say UCLA, I forget. Uh-huh. But that was really interesting to hear from him because he, you know, he teaches people how to do what he does. And it's very you know. cool. And and uh, I just I, I I am not doing it in an ongoing or or academic environment yet. I I may look at that someday. But uh, well, then I'll have to grow a full beard and smoke a pipe and do a jacket <laughs> photo. There you go, with the patches on the sleeves. Exactly, and, and wide whale corduroy <laughs> pants and a, and some kind of tweed jacket. Uh, so, <laughs> that's funny. Speaking of writers, see, see what I did there. Uh, have you ever seen something in a script that you would refuse to say? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, actually, I've, I've kind of steered clear of some stuff just because I didn't feel comfortable. The thing is, everything that's recorded and everything that's that's filmed and everything that's everything is is like forever in all formats now. And so I want to feel comfortable with everything I'm doing. And I feel there's things I feel stronger about and things I feel less strong about. I've been approached for um, some voiceovers for uh, some political stuff that that uh, I've I've said no to because I don't want to influence anybody uh, that that. Uh, if it's something I don't feel that I can endorse or, or get behind, I want to have at least a point of view about everything that that I'm asked to say, and I want to I want to feel good about it. I want to be able to talk about it positively, but that's just me. I'm just you know <laughs> ter- ter- terminally optimistic. I'm I'm a positive person, and and I don't want to soil it if I don't have to. Right. So it's more of a political issue and not a. Wow, this guy just said something really heinous, and I don't think I should be voicing that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just think you, you take everything, uh, you take everything and look at it, and and if you can't feel comfortable about doing it, you know, don't do it. Uh, I don't. I, cool. I think it. I think in the end, it'll it'll gain you more friends than it loses you. Yeah, absolutely. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, I was waiting for Mike to jump in there. <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, commandeering. Well, it's <laughs> fun talking. I'm having fun talking to you guys. <laughs> All righty. So you know what? You, you mentioned earlier uh, about meeting Simon Furman at the conventions. Um, uh-huh. You've been to a few of these conventions. What do you think? Uh, you know what? It's not for everybody. It is for me. I totally dig the vibe. 
Uh, I really like the uh, the camaraderie. I really like the panels. I really like the sincerity of the questions. I, I, uh, I've been approached by people that if I saw them in a back alley, I'd probably start walking a little faster. But uh, when I've gotten to know them one on one at my table or in a in a panel room or whatever, you know, the, the, everybody's there for the same reason. Everybody's there for the love of the game. And uh, I've met some terrific people and I've had some terrific times. Now, having said that, I'll, whenever I get back from a convention, there'll be somebody in an audition or whatever that says, oh, that must be awful. And I, and I say every time, I say, well, you know what? It would have been awful for you, uh, but it was fantastic for me. I really like it. I've been afforded incredible travel opportunities and, uh, and I just uh, have been to be honest, kind of nicely pampered while I'm there. And uh, it's all good. Uh, I'm doing my 13th consecutive San Diego Comic-Con this summer. And uh, that's kind of the mother of them all. Wow. And, and it's just, uh, it's nuts, but it's nuts in a good way. And the floor is incredibly cool. And most of the vendors all have something interesting and eclectic and quirky about them. And, and, you know, that's what I look for. I look for the genuine originals in life. And, uh, and a lot of them are in the convention circuits. So I love it. Plus it, it really has afforded me uh, tens of thousands of miles of travel and tens of thousands of, of fans one-on-one, -on -one, maybe more than that. It's, it, it's all good. And and Botcon, which is which is specific to Transformers, and Auto Assembly, which is specific to Transformers, and TFCon in Toronto, they've all been just just fantastic. Uh, narrow cast, not not so narrow because there's so many incarnations of Transformers, but right. but huge assemblies of people uh, with with a real love and loyalty to the whole franchise. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to kind of wrap it up for us. Would you like to inform the fans of where they can interact with you online? If they're, you know, I, I know you're on Facebook, but I don't know how often you, you interact with people on that. Do you do Twitter or anything like that on online? I haven't been Twittering, but Facebook, uh, slash my name, G R E G G B E R G E R. They can always find out like I do what I've been doing, what I am doing and what I will be doing. Uh, if they search my name at imdb.com, uh, there is a gregberger.com uh, website. and um, I clicked on that, that a couple of times. It does not go to anything that has to do with you. Really? Yes. Well, you I need will, to look into that. I will look into it immediately. Yes. Well, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, a, before... speed, a speed bump on the Internet Superhighway. There you go, a speed bump that's like five feet high. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, uh, remind the listeners what you have coming up. Uh, we know Fall of Cybertron is going to be huge. Is there anything else that you've got going on that you want to tell the listeners about? Uh, I have a very nice role in Resident Evil Raccoon City as Harley, uh, and I have been allowed to uh, make it known that I will be involved with Guild Wars 2. I uh, can't say much more than that, but I'll be there. And uh, like that, watch for watch for all seasons of Transformers and G.I. Joe on the Hub and Men in Black. Watch for upcoming seasons of The Garfield Show. And life is good. 
We'd like to thank Mr. Berger for taking the time to chat with us here in this TFGN podcast interview. We'll ask you to hold the line, and we'll be back after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again. The Grimlock kick butt. Sweet dino, won't you step into the nice spaceship for blood? Pretty please, pretty, 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 please. Nice dino, good dino, with sugar on top and a cherry and some whipped cream. Nice dino, good dino, sweet dino. Me, Grimlock, not nice dino. Me, best brains. This reminds me of the Battle on Alpha 9. The Petra Rabbits with Grimlock, get your noodle out of my face. Me, Grimlock, love comes war stories. You're living one now. Engage the boosters for Cybertron's sake. Tell Grimlock about Petro Rabbits again. I'll give you Petro Rabbits. Congratulations, Autobots. We've lost them. So rest while you can. Yep, I remember the dust was so thick for Beta 4, you had to use windshield wipers on your optic sensors. Me, Grimlock, know all about wipers. Want to hear good part of story? Good part, Cap. Tell Swoop good part. Okay, okay. Well, the dust was really thick. And then this gigantic Ikyak came trumping and stumping down the mountain. Flames spewing out of its nostrils, and I thought for sure... Hey, Cup, don't you think we have better things to do now than tell old stories? Like what? Like maybe figure out how we're going to rescue our friends and then save Cybertron. No! Tell story! Quiet! Tell story! We want to hear story! Time out, time out, time out! Big Grimlock say you listening to the TFG1 podcast. Big Grimlock need new strategy. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. Yeah, that was pretty I great. I really when he went into Yo- uh, Odie Barks. I was like, I, you know, it's just that simple thing. It's, it's just that simple of a thing that it's like, wow. You know what's weird is I've got a friend of mine. Uh, who is the uh, best man at my wedding? He's actually he's married to somebody who has been a lifelong Garfield fan, mm-hmm. and it's it's very rare that I you know send her links to the podcasts that we do. But in this case, <laughs> <laughs> in this case, I think we have a new listener. Yes, yes. But no, talking with Greg was so awesome. Such a great down to earth guy. Uh, just amazing. It was so great talking to him. Um. And we're going to keep the interviews going here on the TFG1 podcast uh, as many as I can get. Uh, you know, obviously, sadly, I don't think we're going to be able to get Mr. Welker or Mr. Cullen. But if we do, obviously, you the listeners will know. But uh, I'm going to announce here and now, uh, 2014, the 30th anniversary, TFG1 podcast is coming back and we are redoing the entire G1 series. It's going to be done differently. It's going to be done uh, not five episodes at a time. It's going to be a different format. It's still going to be us talking about each of the episodes. Uh, I believe it'll be myself, Michael, as always, uh, Steve, Megatron, and Kevin, uh, all four of us. I'm not sure if it's going to be all four of us on every episode. It might be three of us. It might be two of us. It just depends because the way I'm going to advertise it is, hey, who wants to talk about these episodes? If everyone wants to talk about all of them, obviously it'll be all four of us, but (laughs) no, we have a plan. TFG1 is making a comeback for the 30th anniversary. Wow. 
Yes. That's exciting. Three. Yes. Two years from now. <laughs> oh, well, it's like six years from the original airing of TNG <laughs> one and four years after it ended completely, we're doing it again. <laughs> That's right. It's like, what? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is where you put on your sunglasses and go, yeah. Exactly. Rock yeah. out. Exactly. But no, thank you so much to Greg Berger. Greg is such an amazing guy. It was so great talking to him. Uh, just I'm, a fun time. I'm so impressed with Greg. He's, yeah, I've met him a couple of times at conventions, but again, this is the first time I've really had a chance to sit down and talk with him, and he's just such a good guy to talk with. Yes. <laughs> Fanboy gushing. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Stop All it. right, so that's going to do it for this interview here on the TF Joan podcast. We will catch you next time with whomever we're able to get next time. You never know. It might be Michael Bell, might be Neil Ross. Anyone, well, not that that person has anything to do with you. Anyway. All right, so for now, I am TF Joan Mike with Michael Wilson. Thank you for listening. Transform and roll out. Podcast good.